Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Asian Unfiltered from a different lens. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Asian Unfiltered. But before I start the show, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is actually where you can find everything from NBA, hockey, to UFC, NFL, all things sports, all the matchups, all the prop bets. You can find it there on Bet Online. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Just visit the website today. Or use your mobile device and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, go over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. How do you stay so lean and fit? By not going out to eat with the comics all the time and <laughs> like going to the gym during the day. Like right now, I would be at the gym usually. This oh, Okay. Is- yeah. So do you eat like shit, but but no. you just work out a lot? <laughs> no, I uh, I eat a lot of turkey, bacon, and uh, egg whites, and um, sweet potatoes, and um, baked chicken breast. Okay. Turkey, um, turkey patties, not actual burgers, but patties. Right. Because yeah. don't don't you feel as a comic? Does it help with the aesthetic? Yeah. Of, of looking good and being real fit. It's yeah, a big difference, right? with what I do. You know what I mean? Because I do, like, edgy comedy. Absolutely. And it helps if people don't think they can beat you up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because it looks like there's an effort to life, right? Yeah. And, and there's a certain... I'm not ripping on comics that are, like, heavy set. Okay, because... You can it, if you want to. Right. But, <laughs> but, but that's not my thing, you know? Uh, but... But it, it feels like you're almost like modulated into like, oh, you got to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Physically. Uh-huh. Not, not self-deprecation, but just physically, it's like, that's the bigger challenge. Yeah. You know, uh, like Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Ralphie May. Love the dude. You know? Lo- love- but see, what Chris Farley does, or did... <laughs> what he does now is uh, probably not that exciting. <laughs> but what he did was uh, all very physical and falling into stuff and that kind of, and it was funny. You know what I mean? Like it was good in its own way. And he wasn't really so much like the like fat jokes. You know what I mean? Like right. some comics do nothing but fat jokes, and that's kind of boring to me. Yeah, it, it, it loses its its edge. Yeah, and and more and more people are health conscious. So it's just kind of like, yeah, we don't really relate to that. You know what I mean? Like, people don't really relate to that. I get a lot of people commenting on, like, you know, the way I work out or stuff like that. Because I post pictures on Instagram or that kind of stuff, you know. And it's usually positive. When it's not, I'm always just like, yeah, you're a hater. <laughs> right. I mean, I, if someone's, like, trying to better themselves, I don't know how the fuck do you hate that. Yeah, I got, um, I'm like 135 right now. Probably around 135, maybe 132, something like that. Um, Somewhere in that window between 130 and 135. At a point, I was like 179, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was when I was first, like, starting. But, like, you know, at that point, I didn't really mind because it was, um, you know, a lot of eating at diners. And, like, now I get to control more what I I do. Has that changed your comedy? Oh, sorry, you're going to ask Well, no, yeah, I was going to ask, like, if you're always out on the road, like, what do you eat? 
Well, a lot of the places they put me are like the comedy condos. So when you're at the comedy condo, they have like a kitchen and like I was just in um, Colorado Springs and there they have a condo that has like a kitchen and, you know, it's like basically an apartment. And so um, it's a lot cheaper for me just to go to the grocery store and buy like, you know, egg whites and spinach and, you know, stuff that I can just eat while I'm there. And then I... um, it sounds crazy, but I take a lot of stuff with me, like, you know, because um, I eat this one South Beach dessert pretty much every day that's like ricotta and um, Splenda and uh, like vanilla extract. Okay. And so I take vanilla extract in my um, my luggage and Splenda packets and the stuff that I need. Has it changed your comedy, like going from... Uh, I mean, I'm, everyone's happy with themselves for for the most part. I mean, you know, no, they're seems, really not. I mean, it, well, <laughs> a lot of people aren't. Right? Like, <laughs> what I mean is, if you're not obese, was I was getting. Oh to, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, but becoming leaner and physically fit has that changed your comedy? Um, I don't really think so. No, because okay. I don't really, I don't really talk about it very much on stage. You know, so it hasn't really changed my comedy in that way. Okay, it probably has helped with confidence. Right. Yeah. That, but, that's what I was kind of leaning towards. Yeah, but like not not like, you know, as far as like the actual comedy, what I do. Right. Because I, I would think um, like in dealing with a heckler, mm-hmm. like, you you know, you're physically more vibrant. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, by the way, are you comfortable with this being aired at Sirius and Track Life and yeah. two, three other outfits? Because we're trying to get this aggregated and yeah, wherever syndicated. Yeah, it goes, it goes. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, um, the other thing that which I've been experiencing since moving to LA is people who move, let's say they come from Miami or they come, in your case, you come from Arizona. Mm-hmm. When you go back to your mother place, mm-hmm. does it feel like, whew, I'm glad I left? Or is it kind of like a struggle where it's like, this is home, but my grind isn't in, 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 in LA? How does that, that make you feel? The second. What you just said, um, that that's home, but my grind is in L.A. Like, I love being home. I love Arizona, even though some people don't like it, um, you know, or some... Most people that don't like Arizona don't like the thought of Arizona. They've never actually been there. And then people, comics will go there and they'll come in with their preconceived idea of what Arizona is. And so they'll try to tailor their comedy to that. And then they end up not having a good experience. And it's like, because you completely changed what you did because you thought they were going to be a certain way. You You came in with a combative attitude. You know, which Arizona is the kind of place that if you come into an Arizona audience and you have a fuck you attitude, you're going to get a fuck you right back from them. Ah. That's just the way it works in Arizona. But if you come in and you just say whatever you want to say and and have fun, they're likely to just accept that and have a good time with it. Do you, if, if there was such a successful, like career path in Arizona, would you have stayed in AZ then? Oh, yeah. Okay. I plan to go there as soon as I get to where I'm going. As soon as I make the money I want to make, I want to move back to Arizona. Ah, that's so refreshing to hear. And, like, talking with Ty, I know it's because one of the biggest reasons is because of your parents, right? Yeah, my parents, but um, I just was in Colorado Springs, and I would really like to move them there at some point. I really liked my my friend, uh, my best friend, Chris is his name, Um, his brother, has a place in Colorado Springs that was just really nice, and I, I like the way the there's actual seasons in Denver or in Colorado. Yeah, and and 
and aside from the seasonal thing, is, is it also like a cultural thing for your parents why you would want Denver? You know, I my parents don't really like do a lot, so okay. they can kind of be anywhere. You know, I mean, like they're they're not true homebodies, but they don't do a lot. Like they're not worried about nightlife, or you know what I mean. Like I think that's part of the reason that I am the way I am because my parents just don't let the outside world affect them very much. Uh. It's just kind of like you know they live their life and they're happy with what's going on around them, and they don't like you know like. It, People tell me about their parents being on Facebook and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, my parents never be on Facebook. My dad has a, has a Facebook that he doesn't use ever. He just has it just so that he can check in on us every once in a while and see what we're up to. Uh, do you think that's uh, something like fundamental as to why you don't give a fuck when you do your stand-up? Like your, your parents, that's the, it seems like that's the fundamental yeah, well, that and then, uh, you know, like that's part of the reason. And also because of my parents, because like, you know, I think a lot of people like get into stand up and stuff like that because they're looking for approval and they want the whole world to love them. And I don't really feel like I need the whole world to love me. You know, I have two parents that love me very much and I have an entire family that loves me. And so like when it comes to the rest of the world, it's kind of like I feel a freedom to say whatever I want to say because there's no real consequence to it. What does it matter if a bunch of strangers hate you or don't like your opinions like it really doesn't you know no oh sorry well no one thing i really like about ty is because like this is a headliner that goes out onto the road in like the redneckish parts of town and then like you see him win that crowd over and like it's just how long have you done that like just be the person that's like the opposer and totally win the crowd over since the beginning and because I didn't have a choice because <laughs> like uh, when I first started doing stand up I remember like I was thinking about this because I performed for um, some of the people from Pasadena Gay Pride the other night and they were really great and then recently I've been getting into it with some of the people from the online trans community like um, on social media and uh, every once in a while people would try to threaten me and be like you're going to lose support from the LGBT community and I always remind them I never had support from the LGBT community so you can't take away what you didn't give you know what I mean right. like, it's just not possible and so um, because I like you know when I first started it used to bother me a little bit that like you know the other gay comics didn't accept me and the reason that they didn't accept me because I did like the gay shows in the beginning the reason that they didn't accept me was because I was doing all the mainstream rooms all the you know all the straight clubs and at that time like because I started 13 years ago people weren't as open-minded to gay as they are now and so I had to be extra strong extra smart and figure out how to win people over so then when I went to the the gay rooms or the gay shows um their comics were all pretty much amateurs because all they ever did was like gay shows which there aren't a lot of gay shows to do so I'd go in and have these amazing sets and make them all look like amateurs and then they didn't want me to come back and that's just the way it worked. And so um, so I had no choice. It was like either do like regular clubs or um, don't work. And so I started doing all of the regular clubs and then like um, bigger comics started liking me and taking me on the road. And, and then um, just having to work like that you know like made it so i had to figure out how to you know and then when i started doing like the redneck bars and redneck clubs um in different parts of the country 
then it was like having to figure out how to how to like make them laugh and have a good time with them and also do crowd control because in a lot of those situations you're not dealing with the regular club where Correct. they have regular security it's a bouncer and so if a bouncer gets involved that's going to be a whole different incident than like club security tapping somebody on the shoulder Right, because it feels like it's more intense and there's there's a gravity behind and it. And a right? lot of times it is. You know what I mean? Because the bartenders you or the bouncers usually don't want to be messed with. Yeah. So they come in with the attitude like, you're getting the fuck out. You know what I mean? So as a comic, you try to avoid that because you don't want to be known for being, you know, basically a liability to the club. Especially being a gay comic, you know, because you already have that strike against you. I mean, like, even to this day, I get people that um, I'll ask to do their show or their clubs, you know, do a weekend at their club. And it's not uncommon for me to get a response. I don't think your comedy would go over here. And it's still like, in 2015. Yeah. Huh? yeah and it's amazing. Like, I've done clubs just like yours. I've done clubs rougher than yours. I can send you video. You know what I mean? I can send you as many links as you want. Like, I've got hours and hours of me performing in places that I shouldn't be, even last week in Colorado Springs. You know, Colorado Springs is home of Focus on the Family, which is, you know, pretty anti-gay. And that's what people kept telling me when I was going there, because this is like the fourth time I've been there. And uh, people kept telling me about that. But, you know, I just went and treated them like any other audience. And they've been great every time. Technically, I came in as a feature and uh, I did so well that they had me come back and headline like just a couple months later. <laughs> so is it kind of like, you know, how with 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 DJs, they feel the crowd like, oh, this is ain't like a trap crowd. This is more like a golden era hip hop crowd. Do you change your format or does your, um, your, 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 the palette that you serve, do you warm that up and set it up? You know, every show's different, but that's just because I get bored. You know, I don't want to be like, you know, I like, like, I like that people can come to an early show and they can really like me and decide to stay for the late show. And they'll get two completely different shows, even if some of the material is the same. Because, like, I have so much material that, like, you know, even it won't even be a lot of the same material. I just I right. like to switch it up. But, yeah, like it, it is important, in my opinion, to like, you know, be like, this is more what this audience like last night. First show I did, um, it was at Flappers in the Yoohoo room, which is their smaller room. And uh, it's like, you know, the way they set it up is it's like eight comics I think and then you go up and headline it for 20 minutes so a regular headlining set is 45 minutes to an hour at this particular spot it's just 20 minutes because there's so many comics on the show and so um, like the early show was a little bit more I guess you would say conservative and um, skewed a little bit older and then the late show was like a younger audience they weren't rowdy or anything but they were just a younger audience so like the first show was um, definitely a lot different than the second yeah um <clears throat> when we went to go see kimry uh back in october kimry lewis davis yeah we um who is the gay asian comic that used to work at the comedy store gay asian comic uh, jamie salita yeah yes we saw him do the early show and mm -hmm. we saw him struggle where it's just like they weren't really accepting towards them and like he wasn't able to own it so it's just like the time he was up there it was like hard to do so like i noticed like with the early shows it's like they need to have more a few more drinks in them to like open up right yeah um like you know uh i love jamie i really do like jamie a lot i haven't 
seen a lot from him you know i just like him as a person mm-hmm. um but one thing i've noticed with a lot of the comics is they have a set and that's what they do yeah so if it goes good or it goes bad this is just the they set. stick to it yeah and like you know i'll i'll just like it's rare that i have a bad set but like if I have a set that I don't feel is going right, I'll literally try to figure it out on stage. Sometimes I'll even ask them, I'll be like, what's going on? Were there arguments going on in the car? Did your, not, did your drug connection not come through or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. One time I, I said that not too long ago about like were there arguments in the car and a bunch of people started laughing and I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. You guys right. were arguing. And so then like, you know, we had fun from there. Um, there was one crowd in, uh, I posted a clip from this on my YouTube last week. There was a crowd. I do this story cause I, um, performed not too long ago for the congressional Hispanic caucus and, uh, Hillary Clinton showed up and Barack Obama. And like, I mentioned that in the story. And when I'm mentioning this, um, like this lady starts booing as soon as I say Hillary Clinton. And so, you know, we're in Colorado Springs and they just had that shooting and, uh, so I, I'm like trying to put up with her, but I let her know that we're not going to do that all night. And then um, she boos a bit more when I'm just trying to get through this story. And then I mentioned Barack Obama and she boos and a couple other people boo. And then I finally just was like, Jesus Christ, I'd rather be <laughs> performing at Planned Parenthood right now. <laughs> and the audience fucking lost it and from there on we had a great set and it, they stopped booing you know what i mean because right. i was like if you want something to boo about i'll give you something to boo about so i almost feel like i judge a comic which i am not by the way mm-hmm. maybe i should use a better term i appreciate a comic who's been through travail mm-hmm. who's been through a bad fall there's nothing like having a microphone and people loving you because there's that pl- that, that first basic fundamental plateau of failure. Mm-hmm. Do do you what's your reaction to that statement from someone who's not a comic but as a fan of comedy? It, it should you have travailed to be that great? Should you fall so many times to be a magnificent comic? Yeah, but also it doesn't have to be like all the time. Like I can't relate to certain things like, you know, um, I did well from the beginning. So like, you know, sometimes comics will I was talking to a comic not too long ago. He was like, "Okay, like, you know how you start doing comedy and you just like bomb all the time at first. And I was like, no, I really don't. (laughs) Right. That just wasn't my experience, you know, Um, natural. Yeah. But like, you know, but I always tell people like, you know. Um, when I bomb, I bomb. Like when it's bad, it's bad. You know, like it's so I don't have a lot of them, but when they happen, they're horrible. Is it because is it like, are you kind of like Patrice where like if everybody hates you, then you're going to make it know that everybody hates you. So you're going to take it out on them or. I go further into it if I know that they hate me. And then the other thing is, um, I don't know why, like, I guess also, like, and I'm getting rid of it, but I think there's also a little bit of a spoil sport mentality when you're used to doing really well and then an audience doesn't get it. Like, you almost take on the, like, you owe me, like, you should be laughing right now. Right, right. And so, like, you know, I think once I fully expel that, 
then it won't be as bad when I do. But I don't know. I like the 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 longer I do it, the less I bomb or even like don't do well. It's practice, right? Yeah, it's just like you know because I'm really comfortable and like I don't. Um, and also, I think people understand with me that I don't really have an agenda. Right. You know, I'm not really pushing anything on people. Like, I'm gay. I don't want everybody to be gay. I don't think everybody has to accept everything about me. I don't think everybody has to accept everything about the LGBT community. I'm Latino. I don't think everybody has to, you know, think that Trump is the most racist person in the world. If you do, that's fine. If you don't, I'm fine with that, too. You know, where a lot of comics really have these opinions of what they think the audience is supposed to go with, you know, and they also think red state, blue state, which I don't really think about things that way. You know, I think about people as like individuals. Yeah, because I feel like with the social tide now, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything has become garishly gray, Mm -hmm. you know, whether whether if it's like metrosexual men who uh, this is from one of your bits, you know, it's like it. Well. I don't know if they're homosexual, metrosexual, or Armenian. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when I live in Glendale, so that hit me right here. But you know, the 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 the, the sea is now gray. I wrote that when I was living in Glendale. Oh, my yeah, God. I was you living in Glendale. Yeah, I was lived in Glendale for a couple of years. Any car accidents? No, but I know exactly what you're talking about. They Bro. do just come out of nowhere and fucking fly Did, all the time. Do you ever walk around Glendale and almost got hit? No, I never walked around when you. I lived there. No, you need to you need to drive like a tank. Yeah, I know. I know what it was like there. I definitely I lived there for two years and was always like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? Right. I feel like everyone from from Glendale should drive fucking bumper cars. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just to fucking save everyone's lives. No, yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. The driving is. Yeah. Now, um, because you are Latino, Mm -hmm. is there a certain sense of. Man, I gotta do good because I'm uh, I'm a minority. I'm from the Latin culture, or is it, or has it always been like you know it's about comedy? Yeah, for me it's more about comedy. Like ah. you know, I do um, because of certain jokes I do, and because like on social media, I've been very honest about the fact that um, I'm not a Trump hater. You know, and so sometimes other Latinos will try to come down on me and like, you know, I'm also from Arizona. I don't apologize for that, which like, you know, people always tell me how racist Arizona is. And like, you know, Joe Arpaio who's like the, you know, I think he's it's the meanest sheriff in the country or in the world or whatever his moniker is that he goes by, you know, um, like because of that like people are like you know well Arizona's racist and if you get pulled over then they can like check you for ID to make sure you're and then it's just like yeah all of that's an issue if you're illegal but I'm right. not you know what I mean I'm from this country so I don't care you know and I'm not gonna pretend to care all of a sudden I mean like you know um there's a lot of like so no I don't think about it that way I mean like I do I am proud to be Latino and I do love when you know other Latinos get it and they support me but if they don't then that's on them I don't really have a you know I mean like I pissed everybody off at this point the Black Lives Matter people have been mad at me you know what I mean like um but like I also like don't back down from that either because I think some of that's like stupid. You know what I mean? Like some of what happens with that. What was that story again? Because I remember like something happened on Facebook with the Black Lives Matter. 
One of the Black Lives Matter ones was me um, saying that I thought that um, a lot of it was bad behavior on both parts and what happens when stupid meets stupid, you know, because that's the way I feel about it in a lot of cases. Like, you know, and then like some of the Black Lives Matter people came on and were like, you know, well, um why is it that a white person can handle it this way? And then, and I was like, no, you're not getting it. Like the people that you're talking about, the people that you're defending right now, you're using the word innocent and they weren't innocent. I mean, like, yeah, maybe they didn't deserve to die, but they weren't necessarily innocent, you know? And the other thing is like, if you're really going to run that comparison, then you have to have the two parties handle it the same way in order for that study or that, you know, what you're trying to, to actually convey in order, for that to you know be apt what you have to do is you have to have the black person handle it exactly the same way a white person would or another person would because like me when I get pulled over by the police I mean like because I know what they're going to ask for I already have my ID my registration I have everything ready for them because I want as little bullshit as possible right so let me just give you all of this like as soon as you walk up to my window when you're a comp and like cops have pulled out their guns before you know like it's it's just something they do in certain areas like Oakland you know I had that happen sure and like you know I Chicago. If you I literally Chicago. just drop my hands and give them a look. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> look at me. Do you think I have a gun right now? And I don't say it. I just look at them like that. And then, you know, they ask me for my stuff and I just give them my stuff. And then that's it. You know what I mean? And I take the bullshit ticket or whatever they're going to give me. But like when you have like, you know, people that happen to be black that right away don't want to give their ID. Well, right away, you're setting up a situation where you're going to have some sort of confrontation. Oh, by the way, Ty, these are like the owners and partners of the radio station. That's co- uh, comic Ty Rivera. That's Dino. and uh, Yeah, so, sorry, but you know how we All do good. this radio thing. It, and, and I almost feel like, no, 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 sorry, wrong message. Context is lost, mm-hmm. right? When, when you, you run away from a cop, that's a threat. Mm-hmm. Or it's a red flag to he, he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. He's in possession of something. And don't act that way because you know what? You've seen previous videos because it's 2015. Just cooperate. Just that, That's the threat part that people lose. And then it becomes a trigger word like Black Lives Matter. When, you, when you, you're not referring to them as black people being stupid, it's just dumb and dumb. Yeah. Creates that weird kinetic energy. And that's exactly my point. At that point, to me, it's not about black anymore. It's just about stupid and stupid. You know, the cop's stupid. And, like, if you're running around acting like an asshole, every once in a while you're going to meet somebody that's a bigger asshole than you are. And that asshole might just have a gun. You know, so when you fuck up like that, then it can't suddenly be a thing of race, in my opinion. And then, you know, people right away jump to like, are you saying that they deserve to die? I never said they deserve to die. I'm just saying that's the risk you're taking when you fuck with somebody that has a gun. Or is in a higher power who sees negative things about this situation, not the color but about this situation all the fucking time. Yeah, and I think like what a lot of people in this country aren't paying attention to at this point is that that like we're switching and almost like completely switched from racism to classism. 
Like, that's what's happened, you know, and a lot of people aren't getting that. The social strata. Yeah, a lot of people aren't getting it altogether. A lot of people are still stuck with their, and just because you're in that old school mentality, what you don't get is that your rights are being violated because you're poor. It's not to do with the fact that you're black. There's plenty of black people loving life right now. I know a lot of them. That's who sure. I hang out with. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, Gotta be I, happy. Almost everybody I know has some degree of money or their family has money. And like, you know, I know people of all races that are like in that situation. And I see the way they get treated. And like even me, I'm not a rich guy, but I come from a good family. And I know how to conduct myself and I don't get a lot of problems, you know, and like I said, every once in a while, somebody just sees brown and will, you know, pull out their gun just as a precaution. And like, you know, the way I treat it is just so ridiculous. Or or in this case, dark hair and tattoos, right? Yeah, well, the tattoos. Right. But then once they see the Jesus tattoo, I've noticed that gets me off of a lot of shit. Well, at least it's not the praying hands one. Yeah. Because that's a whole different connotation. Wait, really? Yeah, no, the Jesus tattoo has actually helped me out a lot. If you could enlighten us with one story maybe when that happened. Um, Where was I? Northern California... Uh, like, of course, not not, <laughs> of fucking course, not good Northern California. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Sacramento, or, uh, further, like the the shitty, <laughs> like when you're getting into Oregon, hills have eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, a cop pulled me over, and uh, like he was talking to me, and I'm I go like some people want to be like really bold with the cops all the time. I don't care. I go yes sir, no sir. Uh, I do everything I'm supposed to do. Right. Like my first thought, like once I know you're gonna give me a ticket, I'll treat you like shit if I feel like it. But like at the beginning, <laughs> when I think there's still a chance of me right. like you know getting out of this, I'm a hundred percent yes sir, Let no sir. Let me tip sir. the scale. Exactly. And so. Uh, the guy came up with an attitude and I didn't even think about my tattoo because it was like that was one of the first times that it came into play. You know, I didn't even think about it. And then uh, I just had my hand on the steering wheel and then I noticed the cop look over and then he smiled at me and his whole attitude changed. Wow. Yeah. Just from that. Just that moment. Yeah. You saw it. Yeah, and I completely saw it happen. I saw him, like, you know, look at me, and then he got to my arm, and then it was just, like, you know, suddenly a smile, and then we had a whole different... And that time, I did not get a ticket. I got a warning. So, the lesson here for the minorities who's listening... Don't buy a fireman's fucking bumper sticker or a cop. <laughs> Get a fucking Jesus tattoo. And you can be as hard and honest and as fucking gangster as you want. But if you got a Jesus, if you got Yeezy on your on your forearm, you're good, man. And it, the tattoo, you need to like spend good money to get a good artist. Yes, so. yes, absolutely. That was actually DJ. another comic that did that, John Tomaszewski. Oh, really? Well, now he goes by John Shevsky, I think. Okay. But John Tomaszewski is his name, and he did it for me. Probably like nine years ago. Wow. I, I need to. I need you to react to a statement. I feel like right now, like my before I was, you know, because I'm 40, so I was big into the black comics in the 90s. Chris Rock, um, everyone, even Bernie, uh, Patrice oh, yeah. O'Neal, Bernie Mac, start. You know, but now it feels like Louis, um, Dave Attell are like my heroes now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they're losing out because they can't use race and ethnic lineage as a other extra guns to my bullet to my comedy? Well, Louie has like the N-word joke. Like Louie. I mean, their race. 
Yeah, not not really. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I feel like everybody has like a thing, and like if they can just you know figure out how to work with it. Like you know, Louis C.K. talks about everything, which I think is the reason a lot of people like him because he doesn't like you know make certain things off limits. I think that's where a lot of comics are kind of screwing themselves right now is because they like they have all these words and and the trigger words, right? Yeah, you can't say certain things and it's a lot of internet speak and it's either fat shaming or body shaming or, you know, transphobia, homophobia, like, you know, misogyny, all of these things that they like, you know, oh, I can't say this. And you see comics like really apologizing for stuff that they're saying on stage. Like last night there was this guy doing a joke um, where he was talking about like, how um, he was on a date with a girl and he spent $45 for dinner. And then he was like, so he wants to get a return on his investment. And uh, instead of just leaving it at that, you know, he was like, he was like, well, not that I really think about it that way. But, you know, it is kind of like and it's like, why are you apologizing for right. stuff? <laughs> just say it. You yeah, thought it already. Just say what you're thinking. Yeah. Just go for it. You know, but. So I think a lot of these comics are screwing themselves by by really caring about that stuff, you know? A lot of it also is because they're at his millennial fucking generation. The PCs? You know, like the over-PCing, and, and, and I hate to hammer this, it's just a lot of people need to realize when comics were free. You know, like you, you look at the radio station, we got fucking tons of drinks here. You know, we, we like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when, if someone isn't, and I hate to even label an edgy comic because you're a comedian. You've gone through so much pain. I I, I think almost all comics are edgy, Mm -hmm. but, but they've limited themselves. And I don't know. I don't even know if it's like, can you not realize like you just have to be natural yeah and that's what like I have a lot of people throw at me when they're trying to argue with me online you know or discount what I do they're like oh you're such an edgy comic I never said I was an edgy comic that's you saying I'm an edgy comic like to me I'm just a comic you're the one that made it edgy you know or it says that it's edgy like to me i talk about my life a lot and i talk about the people that i've met i talk about you know different situations i've been in and like to me i don't live i don't think about it like oh i live this edgy life i just live a life you know and like i happen to be in an area where there's a lot of homeless people i happen to always be around people of different ethnicities uh, I came out when I was 17 years old. The first people that I met, some of the first people that I met that really made an impression on me in the gay community were um, transsexual. At the time, we would say transsexual. Now, they say transgender. And um, I think transgender is just a term for really unglamorous cross-dressers. Like, because... Uh. Like when I was coming up and we had transsexuals, they were beautiful. And in a lot of cases, they were prostitutes and they were like, you know, rough bitches and they wouldn't fucking take out a fucking laptop and blog about it. If you upset them, you'd have to fight them. Right. And that's just the way it worked, you know, and like a lot of people forget, like they look at these girls and they think of them as girls, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like that's that's completely acceptable. And that's like a part of respecting people. Like I get that part. But what you have to remember is physically what you're dealing with is not the average girl. 
So if she wants to fight you, <laughs> it's not going to be like, beating, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like beating up a girl or getting in a fight with a girl. And so like, that's more the way I come, came up. So now when we have these, you know, girls that, uh, <laughs> air quotes for you who's listening. <laughs> That, that, you know, like are complaining about everything and just so whiny. And it's like, you know, do some stuff to help yourself out. Like, stop being such a fucking victim all the time. Like, since I know what it's like to be a girl now, I'm going to write this in Licious. Yeah. They learned about it on the internet. Yeah. And that's media. what everybody like tries to hit me with. And it really bothers them when they argue with me and they try to use their, their regular, um, blanket like defenses with people. Like you just don't understand. You've never met a trans person. No, I've met and hung out with a lot of trans people a lot. And when I was younger, I used to hang out with mostly male to female. And then now that I've been older, my friends have been female to male which like both present their own, I don't want to say problems, but definitely uh, their own issues as far as like what you deal with, you know? Can you do 15 more minutes? What do you mean? Uh, of the interview? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is mega, mega information. And, you know, uh, there's nothing like organic conversation in, when it comes to speaking into a microphone. Like, you know, I've, I've seen some... Nouveau and neophyte DJs and when they interview people it's like it's all about the gay but or it's all about the Latino but I feel like uh, you have such a wide canvas and I feel like I'm barely touching this much of you right now so I would love to get more info yeah that's you. fine do you edit it afterwards or is it just no. okay no, that's straight good. through brother yeah. straight through I'm not trying to make anyone sound like anything else oh no I don't mind I mean like I don't mind if you do edit it I found most people like when they edit things um, are pretty true to what it was that we were talking about they just like take out whatever they thought was boring <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe a cough here and there that, that's about it that's yeah. all I would edit oh all good either way so big city dating I'm I'm a single male. Uh, I have a tough time dating out here in a big city. When I go to like a smaller place, I feel like the girls don't feel like I'm a rapey Asian dude with tons of gel in his hair. You know what I'm saying? I'm Are like, you a rapey Asian dude with t well the gel part? <laughs> right. I don't right. think I have to ask that. Right, right. <laughs> Pussy eating motherfucker trying to get into my pants. Oh, this is uh, stage two where he's trying to overfeed me drinks. How are you dealing between dating? What's the difference between dating in AZ versus CA? For for those of you listening, I'm referring to California versus Arizona. Yeah, you know, um, I've kind of stopped dating right mm. now. I'm very... Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm very mm. unromantic at this point. Like, you know, I I do a joke about it, but it's true. Like, uh, I thought I wanted to be in a long-term relationship until I found a glory hole in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> kind of solved that. As you the one climbing? Huh? As you the one climbing the girl glory hole? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not the receiver on the glory hole. I'm, but, like... Then it like you know, and that's not all I do. Like I also like hook up on Grinder, but everything I do is very like hit and run. 
I don't because I don't have time to be in a relationship and I feel like I get everything else I want like the like the things people want from a relationship I already have that in different if I use different people for it you know like I have my friends for conversation I have the other comics for entertainment I have um, my two dogs when I want somebody to cuddle with you know which they're not people but they're better than people you know I've got two dogs that like sleep with me whenever I want to go to sleep they'll watch TV with me when I want to watch TV so like all I need another person for is like to fill the sexual part right just just the sexual part now how did it lead to that like were you like for example like from my mid-20s till my mid-30s I was always in a relationship when I turned like 37 it's like fuck this I'm gonna get pussy and I'm gonna live my life yeah, well, uh, you How know, you I thought the same thing, like, when I was younger, you know, I wish, like, I don't have a lot of regret in life, but, like, if there was something I could change, I wish I hadn't thought for so long that you needed to be in a relationship. Because mm. I saw my parents and I heard what everybody, and it's one of the things that, like, you know, I worry about for the gay community as far as, like, now that marriage is an option, you see a lot of people putting the same pressure on themselves now that straight people put on themselves. I have to get married by this certain age. I have to, you know what I mean? And uh. even the way people talk to you. Like, in a lot of cases, I don't deal with people. Like, when I'm on Grinder, I deal with people that just want hookup. I don't deal Bravo. with the relationship people. Uh, I was laughing because as soon as you brought up dating, I read this guy's Grinder post. <laughs> like, when he calls out the people, and this is actually one of them. A person hit him up and said, I have a great talent for sucking great dick. Promise you would love how your dick feels shooting your load all over my mouth. And he goes, not really my scene, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then the guy comments back, wow, we are both absolutely missing now. Bummed you made such a rash decision. And Ty just puts LOL in caps. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful exchange. Yeah, I have a lot of them like that. There was this guy the other day that told me um, that he would ride my dick so good good and i just sent him the word well with an asterisk next to it and then he said something else with good and then i just sent well again with an asterisk you know just like balls on your court essentially right yeah and figure out how to say what you're saying you know what i mean like is is there a major difference since like you know we said earlier everything's converging and there's a big gray area is there a big difference between female gays versus male gays now? You know, that's really beginning to get a lot better. Like, I remember when I was first coming out, there was this big thing between lesbians and gay men. And the lesbians didn't like us in their bars, and the gay men didn't like the lesbians in our bars. And I didn't understand that. Like, it was something that really um, messed with me, I guess you could say, when I first came out. Because, like, the first exposure I had to gay was lesbians. A friend of mine had a lesbian mom. And so she would always have her friends over. And I remember them all being really nice ladies. But I wasn't out. I was just a kid. You know what I mean? And so I guess they were really nice to us because we were just kids. And so I remember them being really nice. And so when I first went to a lesbian bar, I thought this will be great. It'll be like the nice ladies that I met when I was younger, you know, Pat's friends. And then when I went to the lesbian bar and they weren't nice to me and they weren't very welcoming of the guys... Um, it kind of, you know, changed my opinion. And then, um, then I started 
having more lesbian friends and then they let me know a little more about what their problem was with the gay men and uh they didn't like that we would well one of my friends said that one of the things was they didn't like that we would try to take over their bars and you know that we would take their take our shirts off in the bars and then they'd um you know suddenly have to deal with like sweaty guys and that's not really what they wanted their bars to turn into and uh you know and so like uh now that's changed a lot and like you know it's like the lesbians are pretty great you know like uh and the gay men also because like on the other side which i uh, to be fair i'll mention that too i remember when women would come into the the gay bars that were predominantly male the gay guys would be like you know I don't like fish or like, you know, the kinds of things that they would say would also be very negative, you know, and they didn't like the lesbians. And so um, now it's like everybody's starting to mix and um, they're starting to be. And I just mention it because it's a lot of what's going on right now for me on social media. Like right now I'm blocked from Facebook. Um, oh. Yeah, but it's like a lot of the trans community is feeling a certain and I know this because like this trans blogger like posted one of my clips and uh was talking about me being transphobic and then um like I noticed uh, like most of the comments were from trans people like complaining about like the cisgendered gays and like that's kind of weird to me because it was this weird it's this weird sort of discrimination where some trans people are upset with cisgendered people just for being comfortable in the body they were born in wow i i almost feel like it's so complex like everyone should just label themselves almost like sapiosexual tough one to utilize that label well, because then that's that's more mental, right? Correct. Yeah, that's the intelligence. But do you feel? And not everyone's intelligent. Yeah, I like them <laughs> real fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Some good unemployed dumb dick. Dude. Yeah, just well, nothing like that, right? Nothing fucks well. like dumb dick. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, he's got to correct them with the grammar, like asterisk. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, there exactly. is something about that, that though. It. <laughs> like you know, I've I've linked up with girls 13, 14, 15 years younger than me. Oh, okay, I'm glad you cleared that up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... I'm like, this is getting creepy. Right, I right. can't co-sign to this part. <laughs> right. Well, that, that makes them in their 20s. No, God, but when you said younger, that was a very important correction. Right. Because when you were just saying 13, 14, 15, I was like, all right, this is what years I'm Years younger. Out. That was a critical <laughs> part, oh, right? God. Not that creepy and Asian yet. You're like, is it 15 minutes left? Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not the Mr. Miyagi of the fucking molesting world. I'm kind of far from that. Wax I am waiting off. for my Danielson. I am looking for my Danielson though. But you know, like when 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 they're young and they're dumb, when they fuck, they're just champions. Yeah, just champions because that's the chromosome in their brain. Yeah, where it's like you gotta applaud them. Yeah. That's why, yeah, with younger people, you just fuck them and don't talk to them. <laughs> but I guess for a relationship, it's important for somebody to be somewhat intelligent. Watch, someone's going to get you, bro. 
and you're gonna fall in love, dude. Well, they hopefully they're smart and have lots of money. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> man. Amen, brother. I, I read that in 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 uh, one of your blog posts, my future ex boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I appreciated that. Thank you. I, I really did because. There, there's brutal honesty and then there's sincere brutal honesty. I feel mm-hmm. like those are two separate things. And brutal honesty is sometimes not well thought of. And brutal, like sincere honesty, it's well thought of. It's true. There's humor behind it. <laughs> and then you have to decipher and and not be a literalist or just take it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love that. What made you decide to do that? I don't remember if I had just gotten out of a relationship or what it was. I there, there but yeah, there was that um my future ex-boyfriend post. Oh, and then like when people are interested in me, I it's 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 handy. I tell them to read it. So like, you know, it ended up like and it was just I think it was just for fun at that time because I was trying to blog more. And so I thought about like, you know, because people kept asking me when I was going to be in a relationship and that kind of stuff, you know, because like a lot of the comedy fans worry about that for me. I'm my parents never. What do they worry about you? That they want me to be with somebody, you know, what oh, I mean? people are always trying chapter. to hook me up. People are always trying to hook me up. People are always trying to like, you know, but like I'm not a good guy for that. You know, I just I've accepted that my personality doesn't lend itself. There's not a lot of compromise going on with me. And in relationships, you have to compromise a lot. And I'm just not that guy. And I'm not completely closed off to it. Like if I were to meet somebody that's really great and I just, you know, loved everything about them and they really loved my dogs and, you know, that kind of stuff, then I would consider it. But like, you know, I just know what I'm like right now and I don't lie to myself. And and I, it's too bad a lot of people don't see the nobility in that. That's noble. Yeah, most people call it selfish though. Or narcissistic. Yeah. Though I think narcissistic is an... I don't know why it's become a bad word. Because it's just about yourself. Well, even selfish isn't a bad word. I mean, like, you know, you are yourself. You shouldn't be selfish. Kind of like Jew-ish. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really a Jew. You're just kind of like Jew-ish. Yeah, or some people have told me that I'm full of myself. And I'm like, who am I supposed to be full of? Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. It's just like if any if there's anyone to love, it's yourself first and then other people next. I think our post-spice trade culture has taught us to fucking not love ourselves. Yeah. You know, when they all went from every country, Philippines, Mexico. Well, we even see it with TMZ where it's just like, uh, here's this narcissist Kanye again, or here's the, one of the Kardashians. Here's uh, Charlie Sheen getting in trouble, like... But, but like I was uh, intonating context-wise, it's like I feel like we're the last of the disciplined generation where you go to church, there's manners, and I feel like people aren't afforded to be what's known as radical or edgy, but still be appropriate in context of conversations, how to act in the theater table. I think that that's almost being lost. Yeah. So like with a blog post like what you put in, it's like, dude, that might be the dude you want to date because he knows what he wants. You know, like, so... Kind of like a job application? No, it's more like the LinkedIn resume to fucking fucking me. <laughs> yeah, I, I get, like, sometimes I'll get younger guys that want to, like, 
chat with me or hang out with me. But it's like I have no interest because it's like the thing is like I can fuck somebody just as young as you on Grinder and not have to get to know them. So there's that thing. And then there's also like when you deal with like younger people, there's a lot I don't get with younger people. Like, you know, exactly what you're saying, like not having manners, not knowing how to just apologize. Like, you know, young people apologize to you in a way that their therapist thought taught them to apologize not in a sincere it's always like you know well i'm sorry you felt that way no i didn't just feel that way that actually fucking happened and you did something wrong by the way yeah like i had to have this conversation with somebody not too long ago and i consider him a really good friend you know but like he's a younger guy and like we're just friends and uh he fucked up and so uh then he was like trying to pull a like Oh, I'm sorry you feel like and I was like, Oh, it's not about just the way I feel. I was like, You actually fucked up. That's something you need to know. Was this the one at Tribal? No. What happened at Tribal? No, uh one of the comics didn't sign you up when you texted them and like you guys like had um you guys like you were trying to get up and then the person like you were like saying just <sighs> say I'm next and then Johnny Roque. <laughs> no, it wasn't Johnny Roque, but yeah, Johnny Roque, uh we're cool again, but he just got on my nerves that day. And it wasn't only about that with Johnny. It was also like, you know, he kept texting me while I was trying to drive. That was what was more annoying. Oh, and once you say driving and they're still texting. That's what pissed me off is I let him know that I was driving and I'm going down found and it's like, you know, seven or some somewhere close to there. And like, you know, I'm driving through Hollywood and there's a lot of stop and go. And it's kind of like, why are you bugging me right now? Why are you texting me like I like we're in a conversation when I told you that I'm driving and it gets on my nerves because, you know, like sometimes within all of those annoying texts from somebody like Johnny at that point, (laughs) you know, I'll get one that's for work. That's somebody else. You know what I mean? So every time you text me, I do have to at least look and see who it is. You know, like I don't have to Could be your manager. Could be someone important who's about to pay you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And so like, you know, I do have to at least pull it out. So every time you do that, even though it's me making the decision, I'm kind of ending up in a dangerous or what could be a dangerous situation, you know? So stop texting me. Like I'm your fucking girl friend right now right and then when i get there you know and it wasn't about like putting me up it's just about or it wasn't about signing me up i was already signed up the con the next comic wasn't there and i had text him to just call my name next right because technically i had been earlier in the in the lineup and it- so i texted him to to um call me up next and then he didn't call me up next And so, uh, yeah, then I was annoyed. And so I had to do what I do, which is because I don't mind being a dick every once in a while. I just walked up and grabbed the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I'm next. That's the way it's working right now. (laughs) But but that's a natural comedic moment. If you guys want to see, I'm on the list here. And like, you know, and so... And no one's going to fight you about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I was legitimately, you know what I mean? Like, I should have been because I just missed my spot. And so, you know, I would be next or the person next. And since the person didn't show up and everybody's like, oh, what do I do? This is where I come in. Right. I just fucking go up. I think it's time to put him on blast. Oh. All right, here we go. George Lopez or Gabriel Iglesias? Um, Gabriel Iglesias has... Uh, 
given me work and put me on Comedy Central. So Gabriel Iglesias, for sure, that's a no-brainer for <laughs> okay, me. Okay, no-brainer. <laughs> okay. Off mic. Is it George Lopez? Just wink if it's George Lopez. <laughs> Blink three times. Blink, yeah, Blink three always... times if it's like the legend of George Lopez. <laughs> There's always going to be like a Gabriel Iglesias question for me. There always is, no matter where I go or what I do. Well, because, you know, we are loyal to people who put us on the put us on the map yeah there's something about that where you go you know what you understand my pain yeah and then well you know if you want to do that and have one where i can legitimately choose the other person then you go gabriel iglesias and joe coy and i picked joe coy because oh. joe coy worked me for a lot longer than gabriel did which is no slam on gabriel you know what i no, mean no, but just, joe coy was one of the first ones to pick me up and kept me for like a year and a half so, like, you know, if the, if anybody ever wants to have one where I have to pick somebody other than Gabriel Iglesias, and it would be Joe Coy. And then from Joe Coy, I don't think there's anybody I would say that's helped me more than Joe Coy. Wow. Good for you that you can acknowledge that. Because yeah. some people just take, 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 right? Oh, yeah. No, but Joe, Joe helped me more than anybody else so far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli or Amy Schumer? Neither. <laughs> mm, why neither? <laughs> not your thing, huh? So let, let's hear why. Why not? I just, you know, I have nothing against Amy Schumer. I don't know her. You know what I mean? I have nothing against her. It's nothing personal. But just, and I, I guess it's not even like anything against her in the way, like, I don't like what the media has done with her. Like, they make her seem like she's groundbreaking when really she's not doing anything groundbreaking. Nothing against her, but it's just not groundbreaking what she's doing. Like, even that picture that they made a big deal of not too long with ago. the role showing. And yeah, everything. it's like, you know, other girls have done that. Lena Dunham has been doing that on Girls for a long time now, where she isn't like a picture of you know what's supposed to be uh glamorous or sexy or you know what i mean like right. body yeah. wise you know so she's been doing that for quite a while so i don't really see what the deal is with amy schumer you know and lisa lampanelli um <clears throat> i just i i was told about her a lot that she was edgy and stuff like that so i watched one of her specials and like a lot of it's basically hacky stuff recycled right yeah it's all like you know and then it's some of it's street jokes and it's all kind of like you know it's not it's not i know what she's going for but it's not there you know and i heard that she's not even that edgy anymore now that she's thin yeah oh what a segue um but before I hop on that, I just felt like they gave her the black dick pass cause just because she fucked a couple of black guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, was, it didn't feel earned. Yeah. I mean, just because you boned black guys doesn't mean you can, oh, black dick, black dick, black dick, black yeah. dick. Yeah. You know, that, that's what it kind of felt like. Mm -hmm. do, do you feel if someone hits the height of success, so in Lisa Lampanelli's case, it's to be fit. Right, because she was probably insecure about her weight. Mm -hmm. Eminem, when he was in the dumps, like Detroit dumps, best powerful lyrics. But now that he's made so much cheese, it's like, what are you going to rap about, tater tots? Mm -hmm. Do Do you feel like in Lisa Lampanelli's case, it was just you trying to reach the mountaintop, and then okay, now that I've hit it, uh, I'm, I'm no I'm no longer going to do this comedy thing. I don't know with the with like a Lisa because I have a friend that used to work with her all the time or you know used to was mentored by her um, 
back right before she became huge, like when she was on her way to like you know stardom. Yeah, um, and she said that she was pretty miserable, like and not a nice person. Aren't we all as, as people behind the mic? You know, I'm a miserable fuck sometimes, oh, right? You're the grump, and I'm the comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I am kind of grumpy. I guess I am kind of... But I don't know. Like, I think there's a difference between being, like, you know... uh, Like, not a nice person. You know what I mean? Like, you can be, like... Because a lot of times... The Please thing that, enlighten. Yes. A lot of times the thing that happens with people is, like, if you're a perfectionist and you want things to turn out a certain way, like, that's something people don't understand. Like, you know, like, you can be a nice person all you want, but you're not going to get shit done. Every once in a while, you do have to yell at somebody. Every once in a while, you have to make sure things run the right way. Because a lot of people are very lackadaisical. Their way of, of doing things is like, you know, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go get a coffee. I'm going to go. And sometimes you got to say, no, you can't fucking do that right now. We need to get this fucking done. This needs to happen a certain way. This needs to happen by a certain time. So then people perceive you as being grumpy when you're really not. There's also a difference. Between, teach, brother. Teach. <laughs> there's also being a difference, a difference between like being a perfectionist like that and being an asshole to people or not treating people well you know because you can do all of that and just be like snippy in the moment because you need to get this shit done but the person still feels like they're being respected you know what i mean actually it's it's a sign of respect that you even want to push them like that because you think they're capable of getting it done you know it's where if you like just mistreat people that's a completely different thing where you're just doing something to make somebody feel less so that you feel better you know, which I don't think a lot of us are really going for that, you know, like to be that horrible person. Last question. What's your opinion about like Comedy Central roasts? Is that good for comedians or does that steer you towards just being like an insult comic? Well, what's your opinion in general about roasts? No, I think it's I think it can be great. What I don't like um, with the Comedy Central roast um is I think that like you know because the the roast came from like you know the um, friars roast and Friars like Club, when people yep. would have long relationships with people, which you have a check on your Instagram. It was like Word Up Productions in the Friars Club check. Oh, $65. Yeah, that's, it was Friars of Beverly Hills, which turned into a big deal and wasn't technically, like, at that point associated with the New York Friars anymore. Like, it became its own thing, and there's a whole story behind that where New York Friars came down to meet them. And I don't know, like, which part of the story is 100% true, but what I was told was the guys from New York Friars came... Um, to meet with the guys from Friars Beverly Hills. And since it did used to be a Friars back in the day, they were going to be cool with it. Um, you know, like they, they had let them know that they were basically cool with them using it. And they were having this dinner, right? And so at the end of the dinner, the guys from uh, Friars Beverly Hills tried to split the check with the guys from New York Friars. Uh-uh. And so the New York Friars guys didn't argue and just paid their part of the check. And then when they flew back, sent them a cease and desist. <laughs> wow. That's what I was told happened with that situation, which I need to run by another friend who was involved with it personally. Um, but there's that. But like what I was trying to get at is like, you know, 
I think that at this point, because sometimes with the with the Comedy Central row, some of them are really great. Um, but but now it feels more like they're. Um, I, long story short, I think that the the comics should at least be fans, if not friends, because it's not coming off as like personal or like just fun anymore. It's kind of like let me just say the meanest thing I can say about this person, you know. Well, let me. I'm sorry. Like, I know this was the last question, but like, what do you think about the comedy store now doing the roast battle for like over a year now? Roast battle can be really great. It's a really great exercise, in my opinion. I go to roast battle almost every week now. Yeah. Like, I didn't catch the first ones. You know, I didn't. I caught. I caught on kind of late, and so I like to watch what they do and stuff like that. Um, a lot of people have suggested that I do roast battle, but like. I wouldn't do it with anybody unless they were on my level or, you know, bigger. And also, I'd have to know them. Because, like, the way a lot of them are doing it now, it's like they'll go to a coffee shop together. And then they would just do the roast jokes in front of each other, right? Well, they'll give each other, like, all the dirt about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it's like, you know. So, comparatively to the Comedy Central roast... In the end, you would like them to be really affiliated with the person. There's a sense of family or at least earned kinship. Yeah, because yeah, then it comes off as fun and funny and you don't get like the same surface jokes. You know, like I think it was the Bieber roast that was the, that was the last one. Was mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Yeah, and that one felt kind of like they all were kind of doing the same jokes. You know, so it's like if you actually knew Justin Bieber, then you could say some stuff that was actually like, you know, more inside and where it's like, you know, even funnier. Right. Where like everybody seemed to be going for the same kind of like surface. Like what Na- we already know. Like Natasha Legere and Pete Davidson, because they weren't so in touch with Justin Bieber, it almost became like, well, I'm going to shit on the panel. Yeah. Right. And, well, and it's a battle of wit. Mm-hmm. With the panel and Chris D'Elia was actually like Justin Bieber like loves Chris D'Elia so mm-hmm. it's like they're best friends but it's just like you can tell Chris D'Elia went very dark with his jokes and like it was too surface not not anything like too personal yeah and that, that was the other thing like you know Chris D'Elia it was like uh, I think Chris D'Elia was a little bit worried that Justin Bieber was going to give him a you don't know me like that yeah. was almost like the feel to what Chris D'Elia was doing, you know, which I love Chris, but like that was kind of the feel, you know what I mean? Like where he might get cut off. It might not be as chummy as as like, you know, he would want it to be. And and that's all in part to the, the, the huge... Um, person that justin bieber is right oh yeah it's all due to that you got one one more thing no that was i was about to allude to that because like chris could pretty much say like check my instagram check my twitter like justin bieber has gone to my shows before justin and i are cool but it's just like really who cares about this guy versus like the actual opinion of justin bieber yeah and that's the thing like justin bieber like as much as people talk shit about him which that was never like a justin bieber hater like, you know, I think he's a young kid and, you know, like who wouldn't mess up a lot when they had that if they had that kind of money at that in any age? era. Yeah, it's just the way it works. You know what I mean? Like it's it's going to happen, you know. And so uh, like I was never a Justin Bieber hater. But now you see like with his latest album, he's making a comeback. 
Yeah. So like where people try to act like, you know, oh, he's done and whatever else. He's not done yet. And he's still making a bunch of money. And, you know, people forgive. The, the roast was a perfect setup for his comeback. Mm-hmm. It really was. It's like now forgive me because you've talked all your shit and we're done. Anything to promote. Uh, social media, links, outlets. Um, yeah. At Ty Rivera on Facebook. Ty spelled T-H-A-I. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well, I'm close to done with Facebook. Facebook has started blocking me for opinions. Because you've been in the Facebook prison for two times, like two times over the last three weeks? Three times, like in the last month. Wow. Yeah, and this time it's for seven days. And they don't tell you anymore what it is for specifically. And this last time, what I wasn't even in an active argument with anybody. Somebody just decided to troll my page because they don't like me. So they decided to troll my page until they found something that they thought was offensive enough. They reported it to Facebook, and Facebook blocked me. I like how Facebook, after the third offense, just doesn't get rid of your account. They're like, we're going to like suspend you longer, but if you like... Because they realize how like powerful the numbers are. What what are the what are the social media outlets? Instagram, Twitter. Well, I'm on Instagram, but you can get that on my Twitter. You know what I mean? Like okay. I always feed it to my Twitter. So like you know, my Instagram is at official Ty Rivera. But you know, all of this they can go to my website and find it, and like so you don't have to deal with spelling Ty Rivera or knowing anything about that. You can just go to America's Favorite Fag dot com. <laughs> I love it, man. What a close to that. Yeah. Well, Ty, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, great talking ma- to you. Ma- magnificent personality, man. Thank you. Mega. Yeah. Mega. I really, we really appreciate you coming on to the show. Make sure this gets out a lot so people can tell me how much they hate me for the things I said about Black Lives Matter <laughs> and the trans community. Oh, my <laughs> as God. Much, <laughs> as much bad attention I can get is what I want. I'll see you back <laughs> on the Facebook prison. Yeah, I'll be back doing another stretch before you know it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the great Ty Rivera. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.